Proverbs 29, little grace, little grace would do. Thank you. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, Without a vision, the people perish. Or without a vision, the people cast off restraint. Here's another version. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So we're entering into uh, another year. Um, back in the day when I was younger, resolutions were a really big thing. I think we got over that because probably 99% of the resolutions kind of went by the wayside. Some of them, you know, are good. But it's a time of examination, isn't it? When we look back and we examine and evaluate our life, choices we made, um, decisions that we uh, decided upon. And with looking back comes a lot of regrets, a lot of I wish I hads, right? The longer you grow and you get older, lots of times you, you focus a lot on regrets. Maybe I should have went to school. Maybe I should have done this. Maybe I should have bought that sports car when I had a chance, you know, that kind of a thing. But what the Lord wants us to focus on now is after examination and evaluation, now we get into imagination, vision, what God has in store for us, right? We get a line of sight on Jesus and Jesus alone. See, individually and corporately as a body of Christ, we are interested in a vision of Jesus Christ in all of his glory, all of his splendor, all of his majesty, everything that he is. We want to see him. And we'll see him in all of his glory. What I love about Jesus is he came down to us, into our mess and into our brokenness. Isn't it true? He went where demons feared to tread. Into the house where two sisters were quarreling. That's a scary, scary place. How many of you know families and their quabbles and their... Their quarrels. Jesus was known to eat with prostitutes, sinners, drunkards, gluttons. He hung out with all of them. This day with Jesus was probably the toughest. He had to deal with two sisters squabbling. But isn't that like our Lord? He didn't come surrounded by uh, secret service angels that kept him kind of aloof from us. But he ventured in right through our door, right into our living room, right where we live, right in the heart of what we are and who we are. You can't hide stuff when Jesus is around in your living room. How many know that if Jesus hung around your living room this week, he'd see a lot, amen? He'd see a lot. And you know what's really great is that he doesn't care because he makes his home with us. And he loves us for who we are. Our weaknesses, our frailties, our shortcomings, our inadequacies, our insufficiencies. We can go on all day. But you know what? At the end of it, he loves us and it doesn't really matter. And that's what is very, very encouraging as we look towards this, this new year. What does God have in store for us this year when we examine our past year, and we're looking towards this year, 2000, 
and 18. I want a clearer picture, revelation of Jesus Christ. I want to welcome him into my living room. And I want to be able to argue. I want to be able to get mad. I want to be able to be, get real with him. You know why? Because he got real with us. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, he thought it not robbery, that the splendor and the majesty and the glory of heaven would be stripped from him. And he came down vulnerable to us as a little baby and grew, out, grew up and hung out with us. He was truly a Christian because he loved to fellowship and he loved to eat, which is awesome. My buddy Doug, who I very rarely call Doug because I call him Fragile, but he's, he's going to come and just share. Um, he told me this. I'm going to let him tell you, but it's awesome, and it applies to your life this morning, Okay. It is good. Oh, you get a mic. Yeah. So Dan and I were talking, and I was uh, explaining an old-school ignition system to him, which some, we got some motorheads in here. But anyway, it, it, um, this relates to uh, the saturation of love towards Jesus and the time that we dwell in him. Basically, I'll, uh, I've been a mechanic forever. And I've had the privilege of working with Dan. And Dan's a great worker, super pasture, not a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, back in the olden days, they had a set of uh, contact points or breaker points in an automobile, let's say. And in order for that coil to saturate, the breaker points have to be open. And once they are closed, it sends a spark to that spark plug, which then in turn starts your combustion engine. So I was explaining this to Dan, and to me, how that relates is, you know, my, my saturation of for the Lord, for his love and his understanding. And when those contact points are open, that's called dwell. You have to set the dwell so the timing is correct for the coil to saturate and then send the spark. So I was explaining that to Dan, and he goes, that's so fascinating. I said, so we all need to spend more time to dwell in the Lord. Mm -hmm. So when your hands are out like this, your coil's becoming saturated, the love for Lord. And then when they close, you're sending that spark to send that saturation out. And that's, that's all called dwell. He's like, wow, that's fascinating. You've got to share that. But that's it. Dwell in the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, bro. <laughs> What a motorhead, huh? Amen. Yeah. That was beautiful, bro. The story we see here with, uh, with Martha is that she welcomed Jesus into her home. Story previously was the story of the Good Samaritan where the Pharisee came and challenged Jesus. He tested Jesus. And Jesus told them the story of the Good Samaritan and how you have to love your neighbor. And if we left it at that, we wouldn't understand the significance and importance of our devotion to God. In this passage of scripture with Martha, it's interesting that Jesus didn't say, stop doing what you're doing, right? 
Because how many know we need Marthas? Marthas are good people, task-oriented, detail-oriented. If we didn't have detail, task-oriented people in this church, probably wouldn't be open right now. People have to get things done. And Jesus wasn't pointing to Martha and saying, stop what you're doing. He was pointing to Martha and saying, Martha, you're, let, you're letting what you're doing be burdensome to you. And you're letting what you're doing, service and ministry, leave me out of it and my presence in your life. How many know that Paul was a busy, busy dude, but he always took time to be in the presence of the Lord? And this is the task at hand. Mary is a beautiful, beautiful lady. She sat at the feet of Jesus. And we can all say that we want to be like Mary, which we do. But you know what? I'd like to be in the conversation after dinner where Jesus might have said to Mary, now Mary, let's get with the program. Help your sister out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Let's get the job done, right? We don't know. Later on in Scripture, it's, it's seen that Mary, um, thank you, that is a good tech person right there, because I'm dealing with two mics, watch this, hi, see, okay, awesome. So, what was I saying? Mary. Mary. Later on, we see that she learned to have a relationship with Jesus, a communion with Jesus, a sensitivity with Jesus that enabled her to pour out her life to Jesus. Mary was known to anoint the feet of Jesus, signifying a great love for Jesus. There was a Mary, they don't know if it's the same one, but she broke open her alabaster box and poured it on the feet of Jesus and wiped it with her hair. And all the disciples were crying and saying, that's a waste of money. And Jesus said, whoa, man, this, what she does, will be a memorial to my death, burial, and resurrection forever. I want to stress to you today that what really, really counts is you're pouring out to Jesus. You're pouring out to him. You're saying that you need him, that you love him, that you're nothing without him, that you can't make it without him, that you need him, that you love him. Saturation of his love is so powerful because it's the love that saturates in us that flows out in ministry. Isn't it true? So when you're here on Saturday Serve vacuuming, and you've been here every Saturday Serve, we need more Saturday Serve people. Get your butts out on Saturday Serve, please, and serve. Amen. But we need, when you're there doing it time and time again, and you're saying, where is everybody? I've been cleaning these toilets and doing this work forever and ever and ever. See what happens when we get our minds off of Jesus and his saturation of his love for us, and the pouring out of our love to God, what happens? We start blaming other people. First person that we blame is God. Didn't, didn't Martha come to Jesus and say, you should know better. What's the matter with you, Jesus? Right? 
you should tell her to help me because she's not helping me. We see it time and time again. People get their heart and their life off of being saturated in his love and loving him in an overflow of devotion and communion in his word. When we get off of that, we get our eyes blaming God and blaming others. What happens is the devil gets a foothold and there's a root of bitterness that grows up. Roots you can't really see until they're really, really big underneath and they got a hold of you. And then, bloop, something pops up. It's too late by then. You're already in it, right? Didn't it happen in uh, the Garden of Eden with the blame game? Right? Eve blamed the serpent. Adam blamed Eve. And the serpent blamed God. Yeah, you made her. So, to keep our vision clear and keep a line of sight on Jesus, the biggest issue that Jesus wants to deal with in your life is your heart, not somebody else's. Let's deal with the big log that's sticking out of our eye instead of pick out the speck of stuff in somebody else's eye. Isn't it true? And then when God takes care of your big log that he has to stick out of your eye, then you're able to go up to someone and say, Brother, I love you with all my, all my, all my heart, but you got something in your eye. Can I just take care of that, right? Our vision as a church and individually is to love Jesus, to know Jesus, and to love Jesus. And it's going to be hard. There will be offenses. There will be struggles. There will be a lack of appreciation for your life. Our church, as an organization, which we aren't, but our church, we will disappoint you and we will hurt you. You'll have expectations of us that we will not fulfill. And what will you do at that time? Will you blame us and blame God? Or will you be saturated with his love and say, I love you and I forgive you? What I love about the church is it's not an organization. We don't have any commodity to give. We don't have any services that we deal with or any goods. The only commodity we have is the transformative work of Jesus Christ. As you put your faith and trust in him, he transforms you and he changes you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's what we have to offer. Come and get it. It's free. A lot of folk look to the church for stuff. We use stuff that we give so in order for your life to be transformed and made new by the power of the Holy Spirit. We want, as Doug said, known as Fragili, we want your life to be saturated with the love of Jesus Christ in such a way that there's no blame because you realize that all the blame was placed on Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. Every sin that you've committed, every sin that has ever been committed in this world, the sin of a rapist, of a murderer, of an embezzler, all that guilt and all that shame placed on the sinless Lamb of God where he cries out for the first time in eternity where he suffered a breach of relationship with his Father. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He took the blame. 
so that we can live in this wonderful relationship of love that we have and we sing about today. Amen? This wonderful love. See, I've tasted of a sweet love that has no comparison to other things. And it's really, really cool, and it's really, really good. In Luke 10, Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his word. It implies a relationship, a communion of her spirit with that of the Lord. Remember the two men that were walking on their way to, a, to a Emmaus on the Emmaus Road? Jesus didn't tell them he was Jesus, but Jesus brought out the scriptures and revealed who Jesus was. The Bible says that their, their hearts burned within them when they realize who Jesus is. Mary's heart sat, sat before the Lord and just burned in her with the revelation of who he is. And through her time with communion uh, with the Lord, she was able to pour out. My question to you is what is being poured out of your life? What is being poured out of your life today? The point of spending time with God in his word is sometimes tough because if you have ADD like me, that's adult deficit disorder, you get really like, hey, let's go do something. Study God's word. Wait, we can do this, this, this. How many have a problem taking the word of God on a daily basis and reading it? You liars, all of you. Right? Sometimes it's very, very tough to take the Word of God, sit down, and read it. Immediately, what comes to your mind, details, tasks, things that you've got to take care of, right? And you're saying, Lord, you know what? I'm going to get to you, but just let me run and take care of this situation. Let me get to you, because I've got to make a call. And this is ministry. This is service. Let me get to you, but i just got to vacuum the... the, the the carpet over here for a little bit, right? We take the time to sit and read the Word of God. And we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Because if the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to us, then what we're reading is in vain. We allow the Word of God to penetrate our heart. And we do it the way Martha did it. Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. And when she did, she got an earful, didn't she? Jesus struck right at her heart. And that's what Jesus does. He strikes right at your heart. While you're... Oh, mm, that hurt. And what's freeing, Pastor John talked about this morning, is that all the focus is on you and what God is doing in your life. And he's transforming it. He's making it real. And he's digging down in and his love is there. And it's an awesome, awesome thing. I want to talk about cares and bears today, okay? Not care bears, but care and bears. Let's flip over to uh, Philippians chapter 4. How do you deal with the cares of this world? Because the cares of this world cloud up and fog up your vision of Jesus Christ and his love for you and his provision for you and his grace for you. The cares of this world come in as obstacles and hindrances to the revelation of who Jesus is 
and his great, great love for you. The cares of this world. The Bible speaks about seed that's sown on ground that's rocky. It spouts up, but the cares of this world come and they strip away what God is doing in your heart and in your life. And busyness happens. Um, frustration happens. The cares of this world come. And how do you deal with the cares of this world and the busyness? Because here's the thing. We're busy people, aren't we? Right? We are busy, busy people. We need to do things, and in our doing, we need to experience the presence of the Lord. What if we stopped and just celebrate God? We take a moment to ponder his greatness, ponder his character, ponder his nature. We celebrate God. We revel in him. We make it as clear as possible in our mind that God is with us and he's not against us. How many of this last year thought that God was against you? That God had some plan of action against you? Something happened in your life and you get a lot of people like this. They say that this must have happened because I did this, right? The Bible says in Philippians 4, 4 through 9, don't be anxious about anything, but with everything, prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God, and the peace of God shall mount guard over your minds. Isn't that awesome? The peace of God. Philippians chapter 4, and it reads like this. <clears throat> Verse 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. A couple of elements there to keep our vision on Jesus Christ is that we give thanks, right? We give thanks. We give thanks when we don't feel like giving thanks. We speak words of thanks when we're not really thankful. But we know that we need to be thankful. And we just thank Him. We love Him. Rejoice in the Lord always is the celebration of who God is. We need to take time and just ponder His greatness. And as we get into the Word of God and read the Word of God, the Spirit of God reveals the character and nature of God. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the exact representation and the radiance of God's glory. When we read about Jesus and we, we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, the Holy Spirit manifests Jesus to us. How many love watching a movie? And during the movie, you are in the movie. Right? You're there. You're like... The kids and I and the wife, we watched uh, The Adventures of Tintin. It's an awesome movie. Did you ever see it? You need to check it out. It's great. Tintin is a journalist, and he's on an expedition, and he's traveling, and there's things going on. People are against him, and I was make-believe, and I was Tintin because he's got that little flip of hair that goes up. And, and I was just thinking how Jesus, when he sees the movie of our life, 
He wants to be in it. He wants to do the adventure with you. He wants to be there with you. And his imaginations are there for you to be with you and to be there in you. But the cares of this world come against the vision of what God is doing in your heart and in your life. Rejoice in the Lord. Celebrate him. Celebrate him today. Thank him. Praise him. Love him. The cares of this world. How many have cares upon your heart right now? How many know people that are sick right now? How many know people that have, I don't know, bills right now? A mortgage to pay. Amen? In every area of our life, God wants to show himself strong on our behalf, but we have to celebrate his working in us before it happens because that's called faith, isn't it? Right? That's called faith. Somebody's car got smashed up, and I, I texted them and said, listen, really spiritual. Sometimes disappointment is his appointment. You never know the opportunity that God is going to bring something new or take you down an avenue, right? Disappointment is his appointment. When we ponder the greatness of God, that he has our back, and he's going to provide for us. A couple weeks or so later, on Christmas Day, my bike and Steph's bike were stolen out of our garage. Isn't that something? And my first thought was, I will strangle the individual with one hand, <laughs> and I will kill him. Because you're thinking about it, this dude walked right past my son's window into the garage. We lost the key to the man door, but we had the bikes locked up. So he came by, and he checked us out one night. And then we saw the footprints in the, in the snow, and we're like, cool, bikes are locked up, everything's great. Comes back with a snipper, snipped it, and our bikes are gone. And the Lord said, hey, remember? Disappointment is his appointment. <laughs> Sometimes it's tough living out the things that you talk about and preach, you know? But the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and said, right on, God, right on. I love it. I love it. But the cares of this world, guys, grab us. And we have to give over the cares of this world by celebrating Jesus and giving him thanks and realizing, yes, in everything God works to the good to those that are called according to his purpose. He has good things in store. We don't know what relationships we'll have when we uh, go to the police station and file a report. We don't know what relationships we'll, we'll foster with our neighbors we don't know what kind of conversations we'll have, but God is on the throne and he's, and he's moving and he's having his way. Those are cares. Give your cares to the Lord. Don't be anxious. Pray about everything. And turn your petition and your, and your worries into prayers to God. Amen? And he will bless you and he will, he will have his way in your heart and in your life. Now let's flip over to Romans chapter 5.
Romans chapter 5. Let's read from verse 1, okay? Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, by faith we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, and here it is, guys, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Not really, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right with God in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationships with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. There are things uh, in your life right now that you have to bear up under. Isn't it true? There are tribulations and trials going on in your life and in your family that you have to bear up, that you have to go through that you have to uh, persevere through. Some of the things, you're waiting for your second wind because you don't know what's going to happen. You're out of breath, and you're hurting, and you feel like fa failing, and you feel like falling, and you feel like uttering words of blame to God and blame to others, and God is asking you, just keep on walking, keep on running the race, and persevere. Three effects that troubles have on God's people. Number one, tribulation brings about perseverance. Threats to our faith give occasion for us to put our faith in God and press through hard times. And when we get through, there's a certain uh, idea that we've gone from faith to faith and glory to glory and that God is going to keep us and he's going to be with us. Effect number two, perseverance brings about proven character. When your faith presses on through, it proves itself to be genuine and real. Because sometimes, isn't it true that you wonder if you're going to make it, and you wonder if your trust is in God, and you wonder if you're going to have faith in God? Keep trusting Him. He builds that character of Christ within us. Effect number three is proven character brings about hope. If your faith perseveres and shows that it is toughened steel and not melting lead, then you have more hope because you see and you feel that your faith is real and that God is real and that he's brought you through. A lot of people view trials and tribulations and they don't want to persevere. They just stop and they get crushed. Can't take it anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know what you're going to do? You're going to persevere. That's what you're going to do. You're going to keep on going. And when you persevere through, through uh, faith in Jesus Christ, there's a, there's a character that you build and that you strengthen, that you know the next time it comes down the road, Christ has been with me 
He's going to see me through, and he's going to love on me as I continue through this tribulation and this trial. The Bible says, count it all joy when you enter these trials and tribulations because it reveals Jesus to you in a greater, greater way. And as we stated before, our vision for this year is to know Jesus and to love him, to be known by Jesus and to experience his love. If you're in a trial and a tribulation right now, know that God loves you and that God is with you and that God is going to see you through, amen? And on the other end of that trial and tribulation, God will have proved himself strong and you, have, you will have seen Jesus in a greater revelation than you've ever, ever had before. Don't give up running the race. Paul said, when I, when I punch, I don't punch the air, but I hit my target. I run the race with faith and I continue on. In our readings, in our spiritual formation sheet, we talk about Philippians chapter 3, where Paul gave a detailed analysis of everything that he thought was important and significant. His education, where he grew up, um, his job, everything that he could say on paper that makes him significant and important and of value. But when he met Jesus Christ, all of those things were considered as dung, worthless, as opposed to the excellency of knowing Jesus in everything that he is. Isn't that something? Paul said, I forget what is behind, and I press on to take hold and apprehend that which Christ has apprehended me. Christ has apprehended us with his love, and now he desires that we turn and we love him in, in response. Are there things this year that you have to forget? Are there things that you have to let go? Do you feel uh, some roots of bitterness that are growing? And God says, cut that out. Romans chapter 5 starts out with peace. You're filled with God's peace. You're stable. You're secure. You are loved. You are appreciated. And he's got your back. Then everything that we go through... We go through his grace. The grace of God is the empowering power of the Holy Spirit that is in our lives to see us through. Do you believe this? Do you, do you have your faith and trust in Jesus today? Amen? If you don't, there's others here that can help you as you relate with them and love on them. Right? Cares of this world keep our eyes from the vision of who Jesus is and the bears of this world, the things that we have to bear up under, if we use them right, they're able to gear us to a better vision of Jesus Christ, knowing that he's got our back and he's going to see us through. The Bible says, look, look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, the initiator, the originator, and the perfecter of your faith. Doesn't that make you feel good? That you don't have to perfect yourself because you can't. It's the whole power of the Holy Spirit that works in and through you. So our vision individually and corporately as the body of, Jesus, of Christ is that we get a clearer vision of who Jesus is and what he wants to do with us.
and how he wants to saturate his love in us so that through ministry, we saturate ourselves out. And as we're doing ministry, we don't get our, our eyes on the busyness and the details and the tasks. We keep our eyes on Jesus. And we do everything with, a, with the idea that we're being motivated and thrusted forth out of this wonderful, wonderful love that he has for us. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And he wants to be loved by you. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Lord, we love you today. We thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, first of all, that we're able to see you. And we're able to hear you speak to us and tell us that you see us and that you know us. And that you want to walk through the door of our heart right into, into the quarrels of our life and bring revelation of who you are. And God, we pray through the busyness and the tasks and the details of this year that we stay true to sitting at your feet, learning of you, being revealed to us who you are, what you want to do in our lives, what you want to do with our families, what you want to do with this church. We pray we get a, a good vision, a good idea of you, and we run with patience the race that is set before us, knowing that one day we'll cross the line and we'll be with you for all eternity. But until that day, we pray, O oh God, reveal yourself to us. We thank you for your revelation. And as we go this day, this last day of 2017, we look forward to a great year coming. Can't think of a rhyme that goes with 218. So I'll stop it right there. But we thank you, Lord, and we pray you be with us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen and amen.